Welcome to the Mask Man Show on this uh, auspicious Wednesday morning <laughs> in Southern California. I'm sitting here in the studio with Dave Schilling. Keeping it 1600 is being recorded next door. Uh, that's about all I have to say about that. I think we need to move on to... to actually, you know what? I have one, Dave, how are you doing? Let's get that out of the way. Uh, I'm doing as well as I can. You're wearing a Lakers shirt. The Lakers are maybe the most exciting young team in, in basketball right now. I spent all of last night at Staples Center watching the game, and uh, it was a uh, little comfort. But uh, Our guy Micah was there. Uh, that's did right. Did you see Micah? I did yeah. see that, yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, yeah, what, what a scene. Um, yeah... The only, I'm not gonna. Yeah, we don't need to dwell on any yeah. of this crazy stuff. Except, <laughs> except Matt Hardy tweeted about getting thousands of votes. Probably he was joking. Um, Ric Flair tweeted that he wrote himself in, and it, uh, like for a couple of North Carolina guys. <laughs> I mean, do I you don't re- care. I, listen, I, this is not a political. This is not a pro anybody statement. But but fuck these guys because yeah. if you, t- it's one thing to not. To, you can vote for whoever you want to. Mm-hmm. You can if you if you care so little about the process that you're going to joke about it. And I'm more on the Ric Flair tip here. If you care so little about it that you're just going to make jokes about it, you can keep those jokes to yourself. You know, yeah. it's like I don't make jokes about soccer because I don't watch soccer. I don't <laughs> care about soccer, so I don't just walk around making fun of like the fancy boys kicking the ball in the grass. You know, that's it's like it's a stupid comment. I don't see the point in trying to get yourself over uh, with this election. That's yeah. just silly. Although you know. Donald Trump got himself over this election and is, uh, you know, one of the most powerful men in the world now. So, anyway, moving on. Happy post-election week, everybody. Let's completely forget about the election and, and geek out about wrestling. How does that sound? That sounds like the best possible thing we can do right now. So, a couple of uh, heads up for the show. Um, Dave and I talked about this. We are going to watch uh, Brock versus Goldberg, the original version from WrestleMania 20, vintage Brock, Gold- Brock Goldberg. Why do I keep saying Brock? It should be Lesnar Goldberg, I guess. But I just want to say Brock Goldberg. Like, it's some imaginary, like, character from 1940s New York. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to watch that in its entirety at the end of the show and do a little commentary track. Um, or maybe just talk about other things while the match is going on. But anyway. Um, but before we get into that, um, we have, I mean, a, a, a couple of wrestling things to talk about that happened outside. I mean, it's... Raw, Raw felt for like the third week in a row pretty inconsequential. I don't know what the point of watching it right now is because the, the, the Raw side of Survivor Series is set. Whereas SmackDown, at least there's like, there's some intrigue. Who's going to be the fifth guy? Baron Corbin's out. Shane's in. Yeah. But Raw is just like treading water in such I, a really depressing way. I will say, I, I, the la- I think last week uh, on this show, I was discussing who the fifth spot, it was the fifth slot on the Raw team was going to be, right? They just announced Seth this week. Am I yeah. crazy? He came out. And, and uh, the time, it's all it all mashes together in my brain. But... Oh yeah, and I missed the beginning of Raw initially, and Seth I, and Seth had already been announced as the fifth member or whatever, and I was just like, "All right, that makes sense. Don't really need to rewatch that, whatever." But we did talk about last week. I did talk about how, uh, you know, the only other option was Sami Zayn, and they did make that sort of part of the storyline, which is, um, you know, interesting. He gets, the, he gets the IC title shot at the pay per view, which, which would is, be a great match. Put him over Rusev, like that's yeah. a good. Uh, kind of clean-shaven Rusev. Yeah. Well, I hear some some uh, whispers that Rusev is going to turn babyface. Well, they, uh, 
I hope it works. I hope it works because I'm. I mean, we've talked about this any number of times. I am sort. I'm totally on board with the post faces and heels era that WWE seems to be sort of dipping their toes into at this point. But turning, regardless, regardless of what era, whether or not that's the status quo, being able to kind of turn your back on someone and flip sides, at least for the purposes of a storyline, is still very consequential to the pro wrestling artifice, to the, you know, to storytelling, right? And if you're in a world where nothing matters, if you're in this, like, nihilistic imaginary wrestling world, then it, it makes it really hard. We're certainly past a point where Rusev can, like, if Rusev, like, saved Lana from, you know, getting beat up or falling down the stairs or, you know, crossing the road unattended... In 1985, we would just know we cheer for Rusev now. Uh, but him saving her or defending her honor was the whole point of the Roman Reigns program. Exactly. And he was the heel. So what does he have to do besides, I guess, saving Seth Rollins from a Kevin Owens beatdown? Well, I mean, Seth Rollins it was, it helped out Roman Reigns when they were turning Seth sort of babyface, and it didn't do much for Seth. Well, I mean, he's the last guy that you want to get baby yeah, face that's, heat from. That's true. Uh, I mean, honestly, my my fear is that Rusev turns face by by turning on Lana in a sort of offensive way. Uh, that seems like the WWE way. Yeah. Anyway, um, happy for Sami Zayn. Yeah. Like Sami Zayn versus uh, there, where uh, we we both watched WrestleMania part part of WrestleMania twenty last night, and there are a lot of interesting parallels to what's going on right now. One. The kind of very vociferous brand split, uh, uh, just mumbo or brand split like, um, like politics coming out of the announcers' mouths. You know, it was nonstop propaganda for one show or the other. Yeah, uh, they were which, they were billing Goldberg versus Brock as Raw versus SmackDown. Yeah, even though these two guys were like entities unto themselves even back then. Yes, and both on the last day of their respective contracts. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Um, yeah, it's like cheering for your, like, you know, yeah, I guess it was like if it's like the World Series and, like, you know, a guy on your team hits a walk-off homer and he's definitely not re-signing with your team and you know, you're still cheering. Right. But still, I think that it should be stipulated that Raw versus SmackDown uh, is never a good storyline. Like, it's fine if, like, like we care about the wrestlers in the match. Yeah. And, and they've actually done a really good job at Survivor Series. It looks like they're doing a good job for this coming Survivor Series by making each team have storylines within mm-hmm. the team. Yeah. Um, but in 2016, when, you know, ratings aren't great, and probably everybody that watches Raw every week is a network subscriber and is a pretty regular SmackDown viewer. Like, no one's picking sides. Right. You're either excited that there's more wrestling or you're not excited, but no one's just like, I'm all in on SmackDown and forget Raw. Yeah, as a, as a smart fan, you probably prefer um, the product of SmackDown. You prefer the the stories and you prefer James the characters. Ellsworth. Yeah, Ellsworth, okay. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're cheering for them to win because you understand the kayfabe of it all and that it doesn't... Who wins and loses these matches uh, in terms of the brand rivalry is meaningless. They, there needs to be some sort of consequence or some uh, uh, reason that winning is important to the characters besides whatever loyalty they have to this made-up brand. Sure. Uh, at the very least, there's the cruiserweight match where the winner of the cruiserweight title match gets to have the cruiserweight title <laughs> on the show, and the entire roster moves. Right. So this is what's really intriguing. Now, I don't know if this counts as spoiler territory, but if we're going to talk about the cruiserweights, I'm not going to. We're going to talk about the, the cruiserweight division. Um, so let's like 
it, it, if for some reason, like the, like you are so anti-spoilers that you don't go on the internet, maybe fast forward like 10 minutes or something. Um, there's a new Cruiserweight show debuting on the WWE Network, Cruiserweights only, after SmackDown, immediately following SmackDown, called the 205? 205 Live. 205 yeah. Live. Um, and it begins, I believe, the Tuesday after the Survivor Series. <laughs> it, they've telegraphed it in a really well. The, the one way. interesting thing they did was, was by effing up the storytelling process by announcing the show before the storyline because yeah. it really the the only question the only way that this isn't so obvious is that oh this show was going to be there anyway right um, the fact that it's live I think sort of takes a little bit of the mystery out of the out of the out of the air balloon whatever but the um, but yeah so I think that uh, I like the idea of entire roster shifting yeah because it doesn't matter and it's just fun right like whatever um, but it looks like um, it looks like what's going to happen is that Okay, so so the match is set up. That is Brian Kendrick, um, the, lo- the wonderful who's who's having a pretty incredible run. Mm. I hate his finisher, but aside from that, I'm I'm all in on the the Brian Kendrick. Uh, love love his love his politics. Love his. Uh, <laughs> Like he has some really really good ideas. He must about, be having a great day today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just thrilled. Um, the Illuminati got their man. Uh, but yeah, so it's kind of Brian Kendrick versus uh, Kalisto, who was always sort of weirdly the odd man out of the cruiserweight. Div- I mean, the, the one cruiserweight that was taking up residence on SmackDown. Um, well, think, as much residence as you can take up by not being on TV. Well, at the beginning he was on, right? right. He, he brought the U.S. title there, right? Am I crazy? No, he no, already no. lost it. Yeah, he had lost the belt. Rusev took it to Raw, and he was drafted to SmackDown. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. It's and idiot. it's like, why, why the hell is Kalisto on SmackDown? He's the one guy well, besides maybe Neville who could anchor that division that's already over in some way. I think that no, has Neville worked cruiserweight at Ron Raw. He, he no, had, he's no. not working any of the matches with away those from guys. That, he might yeah. be too big. Apollo Cruz is another guy who fits that mold, but probably over two hundred five. Yeah, I mean his leg is probably over two hundred five. If they're if they're gonna if they're gonna keep that sort of uh, kayfabe. Uh, Weight limit, then yeah, I guess I guess no Neville. Yeah, I mean my initial idea, my initial I guess thought process was that they kind of thought Kalisto had the potential to be a Rey Mysterio type and sort of transcend that, and so they were going to let him be on his own. Now and then he cut a promo. <laughs> yeah, now he's uh, now now he is taking on Brian Kendrick, and the winner, the show, the, the the show that the winner is on gets the cruiserweight division. If this was the plan from the beginning, that. We're going to put the cruisers on Raw for a couple of months to get them a lot of exposure. And then, and we're going to send Kalisto to SmackDown to be the sleeper agent, like the, to, to be our sleeper cell that will eventually bring Smack, the, the cruiserweight division to SmackDown. This is really brilliant. I mean, this is some this is some advanced planning that we're not used to seeing from WWE. I don't think there was a plan at all. I mean, they've been pushing Talking Smack as that like last bit of SmackDown yes. for for months now. Um, it, they were trying really hard with the cruiserweights on Raw, and Kalisto hasn't been on TV until Tuesday. Yeah, it d- doesn't make a lot of sense to me if that was a plan. He might have been cutting weight. You know, that two hundred five limit is this. <laughs> yeah, legit, people man. will be really upset if he's a, an, a pound over two hundred five. Um, but yeah, so that's a uh, 
I mean, that's a really intriguing storyline to me. Not more more on the meta reasons or not, but so if we, if if indeed SmackDown, I guess the the, the only other meta question is if indeed SmackDown, if, if Kalisto wins, SmackDown gets the cruiserweight division. They'll probably mostly keep it separate in the 205 Live situation, but I could obviously they could have the big championship matches could still be on SmackDown. They could do some storytelling, whatever. I'm sure they'll tease it nonstop. Just like you want to see more of these flips, watch 205 Live. 9.99 a month, and you got um, it. Yeah, and uh, it makes a lot more sense if they're going to do this show live. Um, and them be on SmackDown just for the travel and the logistics. Yeah, of I don't the think guys. there's any way to do it unless you do it. Unless it's basically like a like a house show situation where you're just sending four cruisers on you know on with each show so that they can hype the crowd you know in dark matches and stuff and that they're there so whatever that's all that's all fantasizing. I guess one my my question is this one: What does Raw do? I mean, to fill the 45 minutes that we're being occupied by the cruiserweights now. And two, does this mean that, like, I know that we have the IC title is up for grabs. Um, I mean, do you think we're going to see, like, a unification of the women's division at some point? Like, is anything up for grabs now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, going back to WrestleMania 20, uh, you know, they were doing a lot of sort of weird things to switch the brands up. And they, they put the, the they got rid of the IC title eventually. And, yeah. and they, they merged it with the World Heavyweight title. And there were a lot of things in that first brand split that made you think that like there were no rules. Yeah. Like drafts whenever they felt like it and weird <laughs> interpromotional matches. And, and by the time you get to what, 2010 or 2011, the Super Show is every week. And it's like there are no brands. It was just, it, yeah. it's, I feel like at some point they're going to blow it up again. And they're going to go back. Well, to certainly they're going. I mean, it's an it's a never ending cycle. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I just hope we don't get. You were telling me this before we went on the air. I just hope we don't get. You know, a, a announcer stable announcers versus announcers match at any point. Um, speaking of announcers, uh, Tom Phillips is officially joining the SmackDown Live announce team. Not replacing anyone. There's just going to be four dudes on it now. Why not? <laughs> uh, because Otunga. You know, isn't saying a ton of stuff. So, I really thought my, I I saw the news and I was like, oh, so that's bad news for a tongue guy, I guess. But yeah, no. or well, what about Moro? I mean, do you think that they are happy with his work? Is this a way to subtly get rid of him eventually? I mean, I think it's just a way to give Phillips reps. I think I mean he's he's good, but he needs you know he needs to learn what it's like to be an announcer with Vince McMahon in your ear. Yeah, you know I mean? that's and an, to be promoting eighty things at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I hopefully there was not any crazy. I mean, there's not any more conspiracy theorizing behind it, or you know, any any more dark motives. Um, uh, I mean, I like Tom Phillips a lot. Yeah, me too. But I mean, it, there's and Corey Graves has been you know a standout. Renee has been great. Um, you know, the transition can't be easy from NXT. You know, right. and and certainly, I mean, I think that what I think that Tom Phillips has the hardest transition to make. I mean, just to be a straight announcer making that. I mean, like we said, promoting things, mm-hmm. having to basically be like the stage director, you know, whatever. Like, like there's a lot. It's a tough job, um, and he's on he's on a good show to 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 learn it. So, but I mean, so good on him. Um, also, just like with the wrestlers get called up, man, the hype on the hype on these beloved announcers that get that get brought up, you know. Yeah, there's so much and uh, appreciation for NXT in the in the fan base, and we went to the show at the Palladium uh, last week, yeah. and uh, 
it's such a different vibe from a regular WWE show. People are chanting the whole time. It's it's a it's a smaller venue every week, and 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 being able to deal with like the immensity of the pay per views and Raw and SmackDown, the grind of it all. It's a different beast, and um, you know I, I hope Phillips figures it out. I think he will. I think that the announcing stable uh, in WWE has never been stronger than it is right now. Yeah, totally true. They have a lot of really, really a lot of really talented people working there. Now, we, I mean, I, we, I talked about the NXT show with Steve Kazizam. I mean, a lot last week. It was, it was pretty great. And you're right that it's a, that it's a, a, a different. The crowd is a different sort of beast yeah. there. Um, maybe not so different though from the uh, was it the Glasgow crowd yeah. on Monday night that just wouldn't stop singing at Bailey. I really want to talk about this because I know it's frustrating for the performers to have to talk over a crowd that yeah. seems totally disinterested in the work they're trying to do. Sure. But, I mean, that's sort of a part of the culture. You know, the sports culture in Scotland and Ireland and England and Wales, people sing at, at soccer matches. When, this that, that Bailey chant, didn't that start in the UK? Yeah, I think so. Well, I, th- I feel like they. I feel like there's some sort of like vague regional ownership of that that they were really excited to ex- because then it, it became a bigger thing. Right. I could be wrong, but I thought. I, I thought. I think it feels it, like something that would be a European invention yeah. as opposed to something where you're singing a song as opposed to the sort of chance that you get in the U.S. My question is, what was Charlotte supposed to do? Because I think there's there's been a little bit of heat on her. Uh, on the internet for not being good at corralling them and getting their attention and, and quieting them. But I guarantee you The Rock would have had a hard time with that. Yeah. I mean, I think that you saw the... I mean, when, when The Rock when the Rock made the made the big bailout for Roman Reigns and then they got booed, mm-hmm. uh, you, the, there's a famous photo or famous m- image everybody remembers of The Rock's face just like, what am I doing here? What is happening right now? And partly is that The Rock doesn't get booed. So like yeah. to be in that position, that's the way everybody read it. I think that there's a second reading, which is that like The Rock could feel that this is a different, that the crowd has mutated. The crowd has become a more self-aware being in, yeah. the, in the time since he... I mean, in the times that he's made his returns, he's held everyone captive in this sort of like beautiful reminiscence of the past. Um, if a new wrestler came out with like mo- with ninety nine percent of the Rock's catchphrases, they would not succeed. They would get laughed off the out of the ring. So, um, so the, I mean, I, I, all of that's just to say, man. I mean, we're we're in a we're in a very different era of crowd response. And I don't think I don't think Ric Flair in his prime could have shouted that crowd down. Absolutely not. What, they weren't responding to anything. They weren't rejecting Charlotte. They were very. Um, they were kind of just feeling their oats, you know. They were just like they wanted to see how long they could keep this going. It was right. an interactive experience that was sort of had nothing to do with what was going on in the ring, except for the minor hook that Bailey was there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's sort of the NXTification of wrestling is yeah. you know people chanting ten for yeah. seemingly no reason at NXT shows. Um, it's mm. it's. This is actually a really good point. It's not, I mean, obviously, it's not specific to NXT. It's it's I mean, ECW. I mean, all, you can go all the way back to ECW, and and there's I'm sure there's inklings of it before. But what WWE? One of the weird byproducts of NXT that WWE probably didn't plan on was that like that the the sort of Im- immersive interactive crowd chanting 
like that we that that we see at NXT that we saw at ECW, the holy shit chance, the can't see shit chance, the you know you effed up chance, all that stuff that doesn't work in an arena, right? It only works in a small enough venue where if you start the chant, the dude the dude twenty feet away can start can join in, and then everybody it happens immediately. Yeah, what WWE has done with NXT by accident is create the petri dish for these chants to start, and then put it on the air as an example as a template so when the when people get called up to the main roster then suddenly a basketball arena can knows what to do all at the same time they know these chants and it uh it allows a sort of that sort of chanting to happen in a way that it would have been totally impossible before now you could boo we're going to get into lesnar goldberg one at wrestlemania 20 and talk about crowd taking hijacking a match that's that's a prime example but to, to do the chance is just next level stuff that could only happen in 2016. And the only way to, to, to deal with it is to change the way the program is structured. To cut these sort of 20 minute promos that really have no motivation. Yeah. It, was, it was just Charlotte running her mouth to set up this swerve of, oh, it's going to be Dana Brooke. No, it's, it's Sasha Banks. Like you could accomplish that in a totally different way yeah. if you wanted to and prevent these sorts of things from happening. Uh, where you just throw out performers and they and they run their mouth for a while. Of course, the crowd is potentially going to get bored. Yeah. Potentially is going to want to participate. Um, they're going to have to find a way to modernize the product, to <clears throat> to uh, make that sort of stuff either go away or function within the template. I don't disagree with that. It's interesting. I mean, I'm trying to imagine how it would have how how they could have done it differently. I mean, we've also seen. You know, really high quality women's matches that the crowd just chant, you know, goes and gets chanting boring. Yeah. You know, or not just women's, any match. You know, crowd, the, the really over eager crowds, you know, the, the, the actively chanting crowds chant anything at any time just to sort of put themselves over. And that's part of the game, you know, like WWE's got to be into it. And it's fine if you want to do that as a crowd member. Um, so it's not like, like if you have a kid, some, and, and the kid is just not paying attention, right? The kid's just like, just you know singing a song and dancing around and you and if you say like you know be quiet sit down maybe they'll do it for five seconds and it's right back to doing it like you want to say the answer is just to just not i mean you you can't just like in your you can't just you can't just stop doing whatever you're doing to tell them to stop over and or to punish them i guess Right. right if you're trying to cook dinner and the kid's annoying you you don't just stop cooking dinner because eventually you just run out of things to do you know like there's nothing else so yeah at some point you just gotta like you just got to let the madness happen yeah. and cut and just get through it. Another thing they could have done, but they would never do because they don't have uh, the leeway to change the script a lot of times, and that'll come back in Goldberg yeah. Lesnar, is uh, they could have let Bailey talk. If yeah. Bailey had been able to say anything to that crowd, sure. maybe they would have been satisfied. But because Charlotte had to be the one cutting the promo and she had lines she had to recite, there was no way that they were ever going to, the crowd was ever going to get what they wanted. Yeah. She just, Bailey just had to stand there and smile. Yeah. I mean, right. If you were, if you actually had the power to change the script on the fly, then you could, uh, you should have just had Charlotte beat the crap out of Bailey or something. You yeah. know, I mean, just just change the just just switch things up a little bit, right? Just have Charlotte be so incensed by the crowd that it's just you know she's just gonna punch someone. Um, we got to move ahead. Is there? I mean, that was a fun, uh, well, interesting, remarkable moment. Let's say that um, we talked about Sami Zayn going over 
uh, I mean, is the is the main event the Fatal Five way even does it is it worth even discussing? No, <laughs> they they book a lot of these matches that really don't have any consequence. Uh, ultimately, don't really move the story that much um, because they have to have a match at the end of the show. Uh, every match yeah. should have a reason for existing. Well, besides, we need to get these guys in the ring yeah. and they need to work out their issues. There's nothing worse than a raw main event that feels like you're watching the dark the house show dark match main event. Yeah, you know, I mean that's the. You, you used to read about those online and feel like you were, you know, it was kind of, you wish you had seen it or whatever. I would love to see those guys in the ring together. Also, it would probably happen a little bit more. The matchups themselves were a little bit more sparingly uh, used. But, like, yeah, it's okay for the show to end with just a brawl, you know, whatever, and then have a match afterwards. But mm-hmm. this felt like the match afterwards. Yeah. Um, SmackDown, on the other hand, if Raw feels a little bit, uh, you know, inconsequential this week, um, I mean, and again, they're touring Europe. I guess we didn't make that really clear. The least important stuff always happens on these tours, yeah, right? Because shows, it's just like, who cares? Um, but at the same time, it's like, I understand that you know what's going to happen. Like, if you're a hardcore fan, you read on you read spoilers online, uh, so you know what's going to happen. But like, you know, we're getting close to Survivor Series. Like, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. We know, and and this is 2016. Like no one's no one's dropping the world title on Raw. You know, I mean, I I, I kind of feel like, and maybe it's just me getting older. Like I don't look at the spoilers. Some, I mean, I'll look at spoilers if I'm if I have an option to do something different, and I'm just like, well, let me see how important it is that I watch this live. But the answer for me is almost never. I mean, I just. You know, I'll watch, I watch it live like 90% of the time. But, like, if I had another something else going on, like, it would never stop me. There's yeah. just so much wrestling. Especially especially the uh, the go-home shows where it's really just, like, that last little bit of hard sell. It's not – there's no intrigue to it. There's no surprises, say, for this, you know, the Baron Corbin, Shane McMahon thing. But that goes back to SmackDown being a better storytelling show. Is At least there were things – if you read the spoilers, you're like, oh, that's – an interesting show, the Ellsworth stuff, where he's going to be the coach or the mascot or something for yeah. the SmackDown team. Like, there are pieces in, that are being put in place in this episode. Sure. Uh, so let's run through it. I mean, the uh, the the main thing. I mean, I guess we got are, 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 both. All of the big matches are set, right? I mean, the the women's match now is is formally set. The tag team, man, they should come up with some better name for this because this is like. It's just going to be a monstrosity. Yeah. Well, how many actual people are in these? Is it ten on ten? The yeah, tag it's team? ten on ten. It's it is. I believe that they they had to hire some like some some MIT mathematicians. They figured <laughs> out the maximum number of re- of wrestler silhouettes they could put on the screen at one time in like one match. You know, versus uh, graphic. And it was this many, so that's how many they uh, they they've, they finally filled up the screen. They're gonna have to build a bench so that like everybody who's not in the match can have a place to sit. Well, they used to have these old Survivor Series like tag matches. Did they they had ten on ten, or they definitely had some eight on eights. Yeah, I think ten on ten is the most that's ever been in a match. I don't I I don't know if I mean that that's gonna take up the full. That, that, that will take up the full apron of the yeah, ring. there will be no place for people to be when they're not in the match. This might be the the worst... And, and listen, I'm not saying this is going to be a match you're going to tell your grandkids about. This might be the worst match of all time to have front row tickets for. Yeah. 
You're not going to be able to see. You're going to be looking at butts the entire, no matter where you're sitting Big on the front E's row. Ass is going to be so prominent if you are the front row guy. You're just looking at Big E's ass the whole time. I'm just going to. Why don't we just suggest right now the new day are the best opportunity? But like someone should just get tights that directly address the situation. <laughs> yeah. Just like, hey, front row, uh, how my tights taste or something like that. <laughs> yeah. The um, the. Uh, it, so anyway, we got that, and now the big talk. I mean, the big thing from from Tuesday, as you, you mentioned, was that. Uh, um, oh wait, I'm just looking. I'm just. I totally forgot about the uh, Dolph Ziggler versus the Miz uh, match. They announced the 900 SmackDown is. They're making a really big deal of it. it Undertaker's got to be there. All those sort of um, milestones they they try to promote, and I get it. It's a ratings draw for some people. I don't know who it's a ratings draw for. Yeah. It's sort of like. Unless you bring back, like, The Undertaker is a draw. Like, obviously, if you're going to do an oh, sure. anniversary. No, no, no. The things that they yeah. have are big draws. Yeah. But the celebrations are only for WWE. Yeah. It's like, it's like if somebody who you don't like that just throws himself a giant birthday party every year, you know the party's going to be fun, so you go. But, like, you're like, why is this dude throwing himself these douchey birthday parties every year? You yeah. know? It's, you're 47 now. Yeah, Your birthdays exactly. suck. Um but yeah, but if you know the party, if you know there's gonna be fun people there, you're gonna see your friends. You're gonna see maybe some like you know a giant, uh, a giant zombie uh, uh, mortician from the old west that you haven't seen in a while. Like that's it's cool. Um, but so the big news was that they're gonna. It was that um, was that Baron Corbin has uh, presumably kayfabe been eliminated from the Survivor Series match before the 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 bell the bell to bell eliminations take place, um, and and was replaced. Um, by Shane McMahon. <laughs> Wait, you know I'll, what's funny is they spent all that time saying SmackDown's not going to be about the authority figures. It's all going to be about the the opportunities for the talent. And who is the fifth guy in the biggest match since the 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 brand split? Shane McMahon. Well, okay, so let's talk for one second about Baron Corbin. Does it? I'm not a, the world's biggest Baron Corbin fan. I I hope that he works out because I think he's definitely got a place. But. Um, it, it it did it felt it, it it felt kind of right for him to be in this match. Like he was the one person in the match. Well, I guess he was Braun Strowman on yeah, Raw. Yeah, exactly. Braun Strowman's a little bit more of a force of nature, but um, but he was the one guy on the SmackDown team that felt like, all right, this is the spot for the up and comer, mm-hmm. and it really signified something about him. It made me, it 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 did it did for him what like none of his matches or or feuds were were able to do, even though that was their intention, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It it didn't quite get him over, but it like really signaled that WWE was ready to put him over. Right, and um, and he, but now he's he's written out of the match. Does he is this a net positive for him? I I almost think that it is because now he's it's in my head that like he's at least in the conversation. And also, it gives him a real motivation to beat people up when he comes back. Yeah, it's like, oh, I got screwed out of this. You replaced me with Shane McMahon. I'm gonna go on a rampage. Like that would be a great angle for him. I don't see that happening necessarily. I think it, this was just a swerve, and that this is all leading up to Shane versus Brock at WrestleMania, um, just to have you know Shane go out and wrestle and remind people that he can sort of throw a punch, kind of. That's not not the top of his arsenal. No. Um, is there? A, I honestly don't know the answer to this. You know how YouTube has like the fifty best moves of fill in the blank every wrestler. Do you think there's one for Shane McMahon? 
I mean, it there has must to be, the, be right. It has to be the Van Terminator that he did. No, but they do like the like they do like the top the signature. They, moves? But they do all of their moves, right? Like oh. like there is like a there is like a literally like a twenty five best moves of Seth Rollins video, and it's like there's some you're like oh he does do that arm lock like you know whatever it's not there's no way there's. 25 moves that Shane McMahon can do. There's like the punch. Yeah. There's the Van Terminator. Uh, there's the, uh, uh, there's some other stuff, right? I mean, elbow drop. Yeah, lots of elbow he does drops. Have decent Taking elbow bumps is, is a, it should be a special move. Getting your ass kicked is every single clip of Shane McMahon. Um, so what do you think? Now that Shane, Shane is in that match, that's a little bit more uh, added surprise. Also, James Ellsworth, uh, as you mentioned, is the, is the mascot. We're going to see. <laughs> Um, a James Ellsworth Braun Strowman potential stare down. Oh my God! <laughs> they haven't seen each other since the infamous match. No, they haven't. That's money. Just print that money right now. That's the, that's the rematch. The, this is that that's the, that is the, the maybe the biggest moment of uh, of the Survivor Series, um, and Shane being there really does change the tenor because he, there's if you look at the match, um, there are I'm gonna just list the list the people that are in it right now. Kevin Owens. Okay, I'm going to list the people that are in it, and you say after each one, yes or no, if they have the chance to be the last person standing. Okay. Ready? Kevin Owens. Yes. Chris Jericho. No way. Roman Reigns. Absolutely. Uh, Braun Strowman. Yes. Seth Rollins. Yes. AJ Styles. Yes. Dean Ambrose. No. Bray Wyatt. No, no. Randy Orton. No. Shane McMahon. I mean, maybe. That's a yes. <laughs> I actually think that maybe they would be dumb enough to have Shane be the last man standing. Totally agree. All I'm saying is Raw is loaded with these potential last men standing. Um, SmackDown has... I mean, I I'm, I think my, my SmackDown scoring might have been a little different than yours, but I think that I, I would have... Get, if I get, could have given like half stars, like half yeses, uh, then I think it would have evened out to about one and a half or two. Shane McMahon has... has has given, I mean, has up SmackDown's like potential for like last men standing by, I think it's doubled it. Yeah. Like it, it really makes it a lot more interesting. And I think that Sh- Shane is, because this is WWE, Shane is in some ways a more compelling, um, and not compelling from a storytelling point of view. Compelling is like, I'm compelled, I'm convinced that that could be the outcome. Yeah. I am more compelled by that possibility than most of the Raw people. Yeah. I don't think this is a moment where you put Owens over, although mainly maybe it is. I could, I basically think it's Rollins, Reigns, or Shane at this point. I think it's you always have to assume that one of the world champions has a shot, yeah. to be the last person, just because they well, have to keep him strong. The other, and I don't, I'm not going to go too much into spoilers here. There's no real reason to, but they have already announced the next Raw pay per view's main event. <laughs> Uh, yeah. They announced it like the day after, like someone leaked the house leaked whatever, like the house shows featuring this this uh, matchup came out. So I think that that if anything, that might be the the that might signal a little bit to the last person standing. But um, all that said, the main event, the big the biggest moment uh, at Survivor Series, uh, I don't even think it's a question, is going to be Lesnar versus Goldberg. That's certainly what WWE is get. Anytime there's a there's a promo segment every week dedicated to this and a video package and, and whatever else. Um, you know that's where they're going. So, uh, let's just watch. Let's watch WrestleMania 20. Yeah, if we must. Um, we're gonna watch this in, on mute and and, uh, and you know, you guys w- you follow w- along on the network. Um, consider this uh, a little uh, mini director, not director's commentary, but snarky fan commentary. 
All right, I'm about to push go. Um, wait, I just turned it on, and Stone Cold is dry, just came out on his four wheeler. Uh, this is we're watching this in real time. Well, 12 years later, uh, and Stone Cold is now doing uh, circles around the ring. I got to tell you, I'm one of the world's biggest Stone Cold Steve Austin fans. At the time, I could not have been a bigger Steve Austin fan. I don't know if I what what year this is 2002 2004 2004 so yeah I was bald at this point so like this must have been like there's no one that could have made me prouder than his than this recently retired double knee braced bald man um, I have to point out really quickly that the back of his shirt is basically a Confederate flag yeah I didn't age well <laughs> no. Um, but yes, yeah, with a skull in it. I mean, this yeah. is basically like a white supremacist shirt at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, there was always that kind of uh, undercurrent to Stone Cold. It was never explicit I, until this shirt. I saw Peter Rosenberg this weekend, and uh, you know his his incredible love for vintage WWE T-shirts. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna buy him that shirt. Please send it to him. Yeah, he'll just, enjoy that a lot. Uh, just to wa- I just want to get uh, watch like the look on his face when he has to decide whether or not he can wear it. Okay, Brock Lesnar is coming out now. It's so weird to see him without Heyman. It's Heyman is Heyman was the SmackDown commissioner at this point, I believe. Or yeah, the SmackDown it was, whatever. It was him and and uh, Bischoff at this point, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely was, definitely he was uh, Paul was representing SmackDown because this was some, post horrible NWO yeah reunion angle. Uh, Brock is beefier than before. Oh, I was gonna say about Stone Cold. As much as I love the guy, the driving around on ATVs was I. I thought that was dumb at the time it was happening. Well, it saved him from having to walk. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I was never particularly. I liked that. Like the beer truck was funny once. The milk truck, nothing else was funny. Yeah, none, none of that. I mean, I get it. Kids loved it, whatever. But like driving around that ATV just seemed. And then it has to be at ringside the entire match. I think. Yeah. I don't think they drive it away. It would be a weird distraction. Well, Lesnar stole it at one point during the build-up to this feud. I right. think that what's the uh, if if you're watching this, definitely go back and watch like the promo package before it, because you, what you'll see is this is mostly an Austin versus Lesnar feud that Bill Goldberg was just sort of like snuck into. I mean, obviously he's a huge star, but I mean, and, and is making and the idea was that he was going to make this match huge. Okay, sorry, let's take a break. We're watching Goldberg come out of his come out of his dressing room right now. With no entourage, by the way. That was a thing they really missed out on, was having the security guards, and there was no build-up. They just treated him like a regular wrestler. It's yeah, and he's basically just walking around backstage. It doesn't have the vi- that, clo- that, that, tight, that the tight hallway vibe of WCW. That's just like he's walking by craft services. Yeah. Um, it's like, why is he so far away from the ring at this point? Like, yeah. you should be at the gorilla position and just come out. It's, what do you think he's doing in his... Uh, I was going to say, what do you think he's doing in his dressing room that he has to, like, wait, say there to the last minute, but I don't think I want to know the answer to that. Just hitting himself in the head. All right. Um, yeah, maybe so. Or maybe he's just, like, finishing an episode of The Golden Girls or something. He just, like, <laughs> wants to get every last minute out. He he loves um, B. Arthur a lot. Yeah, well, who amongst us does not? Um but yeah, so this is, I mean, the, the feud is is very strange. Like, it's, uh, part of it, obviously, is WWE's awareness that both of the main, both of the wrestlers in this match are gone the mm. next day. Um, what The sort of meta thing, everybody, when, whenever anyone talks about this match, it's that the crowd just turned their backs on it. You know, they just started chanting all kinds of nonsense because they, too, knew. We were talking earlier about crowd awareness and chanting. They, too, were aware that... Uh, that both of these guys were gone the next day. There's like seven guys at ringside that you will see that are just constantly flipping off both of them. 
just con- they, the, right there, there in the like bottom left hand corner. They're just furious. Yeah, but I, I the, these guys just this they, is MS. We're at Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania twenty. This has got to be, I would say, probably like a top ten markiest crowd in WWE history, mm-hmm. or smarkiest crowd. Sorry, Mark, that's the wrong word. So like this is this is the wrestling cap, the WWE's wrestling capital of the country. This and, is a show where they they coronate Chris Benoit, world heavyweight champion. Yeah, and the crowd went nuts. They loved, the, and then Eddie comes out. Um, and they have their embrace, but they have to sit through this junk. So the, we we're starting the match off with a stare down. Brock Lesnar looks momentarily con- perplexed, like he's he has that rock that rock lifting lifting Roman Reigns arm face. He's like, "What are we doing here?" They're both looking to Austin for, well, they're both sort of, you know, have issues they're, with Austin. Yeah. So storyline wise, they're all kind of keeping their distance, but. Uh, but in terms of what's going on in the ring, they're all just sort of trying to figure out how to deal with the crowd, who is, if I, we're watching this on mute, but was blaring a you sold out, you sold out chant about, about, uh, about this point. And I think Jerry the King Lawler hilarious, hilariously chimes in of a sold out chant from a sellout crowd or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jerry was, Jerry and JR were, were, Maybe not at their peak, but this it was really it's really fun to listen to them. Jr. did his best to sell this as being worthwhile. Um, in, you know the slobber knocker sort of verbiage from him. Um, then you know it's just two bulls going at each other, but they're literally just standing looking at each other. And I think there's a, at some point Lesnar uh, or Goldberg says you know fuck these people or something like that to the other guy. Um, they're obviously upset. They they have animosity toward the crowd. They're not going to do any sort of improvisation in this match. Mm. This was probably the plan: was let's do a really epic WrestleMania three stare down. That's what I was going to ask you. So I was watching this. I watched this yesterday with my girlfriend, and she was like, "Like this feels so real." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, what? Yeah, you're, it, there is an interesting vibe." And she was, I was like, "But explain it to me." And she was like, "It feels like these are two really big tough guys that that." Are, that are both aware of the other person enough that they just don't want to start fighting yet. Right. Like, it's sort of scary. Yeah. They're both just monsters that have never really faced someone like that. And it does sort of have that vibe. But so my question is, do you think this is a planned epic stare down? Or is this... This is 100% planned. Or is this we're we're reacting, we're just pausing till the crowd wears themselves out? Yeah, or is it some of both? I, I, I think that... Right now, Goldberg and Austin are staring down. Oh, Austin has Austin a smile on his right face. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin is... Uh, there's those guys again. They're so upset. Oh my gosh! Oh, now they're, the camera's just on them. Yeah, like, I mean they they were behind them for a while. And yeah, the cameras the the cameramen are not shy to go on the people who hate this match. Part of me wants to say that this was Vince's idea to bury them. Like we're we're gonna sell some tickets because people are excited to see these two guys wrestle. Yeah, but we're gonna just sell them down the river by letting them bomb in this match. But how is that different than what they're doing now? And maybe it's not. I mean, there there be, there came a point when when Lesnar had. When Lesnar's not holding the title, when Le- I mean in Lesnar's current run, when he hasn't, when he's not been the champion, he's just existed in a parallel universe. I've written about it. We've talked about it a million times, and I think that on some level, like with this coming up, with this upcoming Survivor Series, yeah, it's a big top match that doesn't really have any bearing on anything else on the card, right? And it's going to get some in, some other people in there, but I think that that's a sort of that's been a tenant of WWE booking for a while. You know, it's like. Big Show versus Aki Bono or whatever, you know, when you have these like big w- weird matches, um, 
you know, you do sort of just like siphon them all. You yeah. like put, they're, partition them all. They're threatening to do uh, Big Show versus Shaq at WrestleMania next year. Yeah, that that's a real, that's a legit. I mean, that's a legit consideration. I think that there's a. I think that you know they only, they basically have one celebrity slot to fill, yeah. and there's been some there's been some talk about uh, you know a Ronda certain, Rousey. A, well, might I was be. Gonna, a certain fellow is headlining MSG this weekend. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, but but I but th- yeah, that could definitely happen. I don't know if I just don't think Shaq's been like as big as he is is not someone that like that, like an imposing physical specimen no, for a few years. He smiles way too much. Uh, they're doing another collar and elbow tie up. If you're not watching this, this is the second one. Um, if there was a real referee in this match with a headset on, I guarantee you there would have been Vince or someone saying, "Get them to do something else." But because Austin is is a participant in a character and doesn't have a headset in, he's just letting them flounder. You know what? You're I, I agree with you about the lack of headset, et cetera. That said, I made this note later on. Austin is a very good referee for a wrestler being a referee. Mm. Like as this match, like he's got the ring position just right. He's got a, he's got a nice slide into the pin and a crisp count. You know, like he's got he he actually can play the role of referee. Yeah, that's that's something that Dean Ambrose definitely didn't show me any aptitude for when he did it in the Ellsworth Styles match. Um, and I think it's Lawler who says at the end, um, Austin didn't do anything. He was a much better referee than we thought because they thought you know there was a lot of buildup of will Austin do something crazy or get into a fight with one of the guys. He just does the match as the referee. Yeah, and the the running the the, the running shoulder block contest is a great is a great like big man versus big man this is, uh, tradition. It's like this is a classic old school um, Hogan Warrior style match. Yeah, um, except that. You know, they the, hate both of them. I've never been a fan of the face smushing, screaming at each other. No, it's very Now peculiar. they both go off the rope. Oh, and they both go down. Although Brock took a little, tried to tried to shine on that bump a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was, the selling in this match is, is really poor. But Brock has never been good at that. I totally forgot, by the way, they mentioned this earlier in the match, that they actually refer to Goldberg as an MMA aficionado. Right. In this, which is, you know, kind of, I thought that was sort of like stapled onto, tagged onto his, his backstory after the fact. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. That's a that it's it's interesting that they mention it, and that it obviously it means a lot more now. Uh, Brock Lesnar had never even been inside an octagon at this point. So, um, let me ask you this question: um, How do you see the style of the second match being? Is it going to be drastically different from this? I, mean, I think it has to be right. I think instead of a collar and el- instead of this collar and elbows, they're going to be just doing straight up MMA. Just you know, like mat work. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do they're gonna go for some takedowns, or they'll probably do, do they'll probably book it just like an MMA fight. Probably stand do some stand up, and then Lesnar with the takedown. Then everyone's gonna be really shocked when Goldberg reverses out of it, and that you know something like that. But um, there's gonna be tons of suplexes. One thing you notice here in this match. Zero the, oh, here's, oh, here's Goldberg with the gorilla press, this which is, is just insane. And then he turns it into a spear. Yeah. I, that was one of the only legitimate pops in this entire match. Yeah, um, I, 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 that, I I remembered that happening, and the moment still got me up out of my seat when I was watching that, this that's, yesterday. That's a real shame of you know Goldberg's last run, is that the thing that got him over, the thing people loved about him, was him doing crazy stuff like that. Just being strong. Being strong. And then they never really let him do that. They they've turned him into a vanilla babyface. It's funny when you look at WWE. It's like 
WWE, Vince McMahon clearly loves these very strong, very muscular fellows, right? From Ryback to Big E. I mean, just look at the people that have gotten the that have you know gotten pushes. Roman Reigns too. Um, Rusev. Yeah, but they, but very few of them ever get the chance just to be look strong. Mm-hmm. Is that because they're not they don't want them to show other people up? Like what? Did, like what? Why is Big E not doing a gorilla press? I just think it's not part of the template for these matches anymore. Uh, they have to be vulnerable. They have to sell. You can't just have a guy, other than Braun Strowman, who has been getting the opportunity to just show off how huge and big he is. But in you know, the way they booked Goldberg, and I watched, I think, I forget what, the, it was Armageddon or, or something, the pay-per-view where Goldberg beat Triple H finally for the World Heavyweight title, and he was selling a ton for Triple H. Goldberg. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> he should have squashed him in two minutes. Yeah. I think that that's the really interesting thing going into Survivor Series, because I think that Brock Lesnar is going to have to sell for Goldberg yeah, just to make, to, ma- to make the match feel like it matters at all. But at the same time, um, you know, like, there's always this question as to whether or not Brock Lesnar is aware that he is in a fake fight, right. you know, which makes it really intense and interesting to watch. But it's also... Well, even here, he looks actually mad at Goldberg. Yeah. Here's some. Well, he's also reacting to the crowd. I mean, we're like the the, the crowd is, has been shitting on them for so long right. that at some point you just got to wonder what the point of existence is. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the most existentially uh, dire wrestling match I've seen. This is this is this is a looser little like triangle lock here than than a John Cena STF. Yeah, um, he's not really putting. It's much impressive into looking it. from from this camp from the from the low camera angle, but when they get in close, it's like. Uh, Goldberg could just like you know someone he could, could re- someone could reach in out. and trim he could he could be trimming his goatee right now yeah um, why did why did Goldberg shave the beard by the way he looks so cool with the beard and when he, he comes out for this match with just the goatee I don't know and Brock Lesnar has that sort of goatee which is always my favorite Brock Lesnar evil Brock mm hmm um, I would have never pegged Brock Lesnar at this point uh, for a guy who could grow an awesome monstrous beard. Uh, but an hour, the 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 play, the the, uh, the feed is paused for us, so uh, oh, here we it might is. be it's getting back. a tiny bit behind. But um, but yeah, Brock Lesnar had a really badass beard for a while in UFC. I gotta say, when uh, when it paused, Ooh, I couldn't couldn't tell judo the difference. Hip toss. Oh yeah, there it is. Um, and then another shoulder tackle. Yeah, when it, it, this is the second time we've briefly paused. Our stream is briefly paused, which is. Um, I'm gonna very. I'm not blaming. And then he's back to the. Back to the. Oh my gosh. I, I honestly think this was the plan the whole time. Wait, it's not a triangle. What is it? It's like an allig- It's like a crocodile alligator choke or I something. Mean, I'm gonna have like to that? tweet at Moro Ronaldo to, to tell me yeah, what, what to the tell uh, the name of the move is. Um, but this is great. If Brock Lesnar can hold it together, and I say I mean this in the best possible way, if Brock Lesnar can keep it together enough to have this sort of match. Then that's going to be, I think, a positive for. I mean, I think it, hopefully it'll be better than this. But to sort of stick to the script to this degree is, uh, is I think a best case scenario for Survivor Series. Um, what's really interesting is that I mean, it, whoa. <laughs> they, they just ran into each other again. Yeah. and Brock barely sells it. I, I feel like Austin is 100 percent calling this match, though. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah, it looks like they're they're looking to him for some guidance. Do another shoulder tackle, brother. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's just like Austin is aware that they're working pretty with a pretty limited, uh, like, not that either of these guys are limited wrestlers, but they plan probably very few things for this match, and now they're trying to figure out how to stack them to make something that matters. Um, 
if they had worked really stiff in this match, they could have turned the crowd. If and I think well, that's I what's going to happen on, on at Survivor Series. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be blood. I think there's going to be a great moment of Goldberg, uh, you know, walking out on his own power, covered in his own blood, and the kind of thing that is like a, a you know. A, a, a cowboy's uh, exit and walk off into the has sunset. Goldberg comment, has Goldberg comment? I mean, um, Lesnar, Austin busted Lesnar open, by the way, in the lead up to this match. Right. One cool thing about, one interesting parallel between this Lesnar-Goldberg feud and the one that's coming up, or the, you know, the one that's going on right now in 2016, is that the storylines don't matter at all. Not at all. Like, you were, you were talking about them being in, all, in, in separate universes. Um I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like, the storyline is the bare minimum that needs to be done to put these guys in the ring together. Yeah. Um, Goldberg costs Lesnar the title. Uh, Eddie wins the belt on a, a SmackDown or some pay-per-view or something. Yeah, it was a SmackDown, I think. Yeah, I think it might have been. Um, and then that was that was it. Oh, he's going for the F5. But by the t- but as they're getting in the ring, and, so, and obviously there's backstory to the one that's going on now. There was, you know... That ESPN segment and they're you know whatever and all the Heyman promos. All I'm saying is at the t- by the time they get in the ring, all of the the, sto- the storytelling they've done to get us to that point is totally secondary to the fact that like this match is happening and the crowd is reacting to it for different reasons. Right. You know what I mean? Um, Austin uh, in in this one and you know I don't want to you know get ahead of ourselves too much, but like Austin is retired as this match is happening. Is that correct? Yeah. And he is. He's the sheriff the most, of Raw. Yeah, right? the sheriff of Raw, right? And he's clearly the most important person in this match. Yeah. Not, I mean, for for a very legitimate reason, he's going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> right. Um, now we're doing... Oh, that is the weakest... That was the weakest shoulder. Brock just ran into the goalpost. I mean, ran into the ring post, and uh, Goldberg did a really ineffectual somersault out of the way. I mean, just a silly one. And uh, that's it's you know a mirror it's a shades of what happened to Goldberg himself earlier in the match but this is this is in game boys and girls uh, nice good looking jackhammer Austin with that nice slide yeah, one two slide. three um, like do you think technically that this match was any worse than Hogan Goldberg on Nitro? Ooh, that's a really good question. Do we? Do you have an answer to this? Yeah, my answer is it's not. I mean, no. it's, they're both bad. It's just that Goldberg was the hottest babyface in wrestling at yeah. the time, and it didn't matter that the match sucked. I actually don't mind this Lesnar-Goldberg match. Watching it yesterday, I was pretty much into it the whole time. Now, it's 13 minutes and 45 seconds or something. Like, there's not... It's a, it's the appropriately it's an appropriately short length, right? Um, I was just bothered by the lack of selling. There was no real story being told in the match. Uh, it was just uh, these two guys bouncing off of each other for a while, and then Goldberg gets the win. That's that is that is correct. Um, <laughs> what is Austin trying to? Let's see, like helping him up. Well, here's the thing: Austin is Goldberg is celebrating right now. Um, this is probably the most in- interesting storytelling segment of the whole match because we have to go from Austin. First of all, Austin being a good referee, as you mentioned. I mean, a, a oh, calling it down the middle. Mentioned that, that Lesnar just flipped off the crowd, which is a iconic moment, I think, in his career. Absolutely. And not the only time he's done it, right? Um, and he sells that stunner really Austin well. Austin stuns him. So so this is, what's, this is the great, this is really great WWE. I mean, this is great writing because you have to get from a match to I mean, from the from the match which Austin calls down the middle to Austin going over, which yeah. is the most important thing here is Austin, who is no longer a wrestler, mm-hmm. comes out looking like a million bucks in this. Now, 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, okay, now Goldberg is back in the ring. We got a we got a quick pause on our uh, on our feed. Goldberg's back in the ring, and for what reason? I ask you to drink a beer with Stone Cold. I don't think Goldberg is a think big beer person. I um, not with that physique. Huh? I don't think he drinks a lot of beer. Oh, not with that physique. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? These guys at this at this point, he's working out so much. He could probably do have a couple of Steve Weisers or at least like Stevie Lights. Um, Goldberg's pouring beer down his throat, celebrating with Austin. Let me tell you something you should never do. Never celebrate with a beer with Steve Austin. Unless you're uh, Earl Hebner. Yeah. Well, listen, I would do it yeah. knowing that there was the a very good company. chance I would get stunned because like, I want to talk about it. Oh, and there we go. Maybe. And Goldberg does a, just a terrible job selling the stunner. He just flips over. That's you got to bounce a couple times like The Rock. Used it's to funny do. because the crowd. Yes, you're absolutely true. Like like Lesnar did when he took it just now. Yeah, he, they they could not have expected the crowd to shit on this match to the, to the degree that they did. But that said, this whole end segment was booked ahead of time. Yeah, so they knew that the ending was going to be like like fuck the two guys who just had the match. Yeah, you're gone. We're putting our sheriff over. Yeah. It's so strange. I mean, they had to. You have to. That's that's the uh, cardinal rule of professional wrestling is if you're leaving the territory, right. you're going you to go end on up back. on your back. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. I don't think that the decision is strange. I just, but 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 it is like the the like I said, the when people talk about this match, the thing they always talk about is the crowd turning on the match. Mm-hmm. The crowd didn't turn on the match. So much as they were just predisposed to hate the match, and everybody knew they were going to hate the match because they booked it for. I mean, they like they booked this as a match that everyone was going to boo, even if they didn't know to what degree. Yeah, they were prepared for. I mean, they were they knew it was going to happen. The match turned on them. Yeah, that's that's a good. And way who's of the next it. person who comes out? By the way, Vince McMahon. Um, it's just I, I really think that this was booked in a way. Uh, that was slightly vindictive towards both of those guys. Oh, sure. That Vince was probably like, you know what? If you guys are going to ditch me, Brock Lesnar, after I spent all that money building you up into mm. a superstar, you're going to go play football? Yeah. Well, I'm going to have my number one guy take you out. <sighs> yeah. And the crowd is going to hate you. Uh, and Goldberg was never a Vince McMahon favorite. Um, why not stick it to him, too? I feel it, it, I don't remember if it was that Goldberg wanted to leave or if Vince decided he did not want him to resign. I, I forget what the circumstances were. You know, I do too. I don't even remember. I think that go. I mean, I, I think it was a specific contract situation. Right. His contract was up, and they were just like, nah. nah. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? He never worked a single good. I match. think Goldberg never seemed that interested to resign. I, we can go back and look this up. I, yeah. I think it was. I think it was pretty mutual. He I think never th- seemed that interested. Period. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the biggest moment he had was when he he speared the Rock after uh, WrestleMania 19. Yeah, this is my favorite. By the way, my favorite Taz, where he's pretending he's responding to someone off to the screen. <laughs> yeah. Taz was just like Taz was playing an announcer during his heyday in a way that very few people have done. This sort of Bobby the Brain Heenan, like I'm not that. Oh, like I thought he was really good. Yeah. It's a shame that uh, he didn't stick around longer. But I think he was just sick of of Vince and WWE, like a lot of people get at some point. Yeah, well, you know, these things happen. I'm getting well, really sucked into the to now, this yeah, pay-per-view now, now, now. Now, now the world's greatest tag team is on. we got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, 
it's going to be interesting to see how many parallels there are. I bet they'll do the big stare down. I bet they'll do a lot of references to that match on at Survivor Series. But it'll be. But everybody, you know, I hope everybody watch it because it's fun. I mean, it's a it's a fun match. Even I mean, just to watch the crowd, just to listen to the crowd. It's a fascinating um, case study in where wrestling goes wrong. Yeah, and and, and like we talked about earlier. A foreshadowing of where we are today. Absolutely, with, with the belt getting booed and and all kinds of you know people getting in that Charlotte situation where she can't talk over the crowd. People chanting for CM Punk or chanting for Hulk Hogan. There were Hogan chants during yeah. that match. It's crazy. It is. It's absolutely nuts. I think that the uh, I think that the the you know line of the night as it came from came from Jerry the King Lawler, which is, you know, not something you expect to hear, but when he said he was talking about the crowd, he says, they want to see they they want to see someone get hurt, and frankly I do too. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. like it, it, the, we, everybody was just so, like, literally like the best case scenario was Stone Cold Steve Austin going in the back and getting one of his Stone Cold semi-trucks and just driving through the ring. Yeah, yeah, and props to, to both of those guys for, for JR and Lawler for selling it as much as they could without making it seem like it wasn't tanking. You know, yeah. they had acknowledged the crowd response in a way that you don't usually see in WWE these days, where, where they're, they accept that this is not working. Because um, they had no choice, they had to. Well, I mean, yes, but it's um, but you know, a lot of times you say WWE. I mean, WWE has been in, in similar situations, and you just ignore, ignore, ignore. You know, hold your breath and hope, hope wait for it to end. Yeah, um, and that's you know, that's not exactly what Charlotte did on Monday, but I think that. Uh, I think that you know we're in a different era with yeah. a little bit less freedom. Yeah, or you cut um, the segment short like they did with the the Brock Heyman promo in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, where it's just like, oh, we're just not gonna we're just not gonna finish this. Yeah, this promo. it's like we've got enough footage for our video package in, in next week. Like that's all we need. Yeah. Anyway, well, we got to get out of here, guys. I hope that, uh, that you know this is a little fun moment, a little break from the uh, from the uh, you know tensions of the week. Yeah, see you, in, see you in hell, guys. Oh, yeah, everything's going to be... Well, at least we have the WWE Network, you Yeah, know? I'm just going to bury myself in old uh, uh, Saturday Night's main events. Listen, it's Cal- I live in California now. We've ju- we got, we've got uh, recreational glaucoma medicine is okay. Oh, and the w- WWE Network, and uh, them, I think I'm set. Yeah. No matter what happens, we're all I'll be good. Bunkered up with uh, <laughs> with pro wrestling. Yeah. What could what could be better than that? Listen, thanks for listening, guys. Schilling, thank you for coming back. You're very welcome. And uh, you know, anytime you want to get hurt or you want to see someone get hurt, <laughs> uh, wh- whatever. Where Fuck were you it. going with that? I oh, have no idea. I'm so sad that you couldn't finish that. Listen, we can't all be Charlotte Flairs and cutting promos. Uh, see you next week, humanoids. <laughs> <laughs>